Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Cornerstone Church. You're visiting with us. Thanks for coming. My name is Sean Amphie. I'm lead pastor here. Hey, look in your bulletin that you got today. There's uh, this uh, Easter. What's the big deal? This is a 14-day action plan. This is going to begin actually next Sunday, but we wanted to give it to you right now. We'll have uh, other copies next Sunday also, just the same thing. But, you know, one of the things we want you to do is, is to have an action plan. So we're going to help you uh, share the love of Christ uh, throughout these, the, first, the two weeks leading up to Easter. And this is, just gives you some things to do. You know, a lot of times we want to do this, but we forget. We just don't have things in front of us. So we want to help you with that. Like the first day is to share your testimony with one person. The second day is to say something encouraging to three people and so on. And it just goes on all the way up to Easter. And so if you can look over that, just start looking over that for this week. And then next Sunday, you'll start it. And every day there's something for you to do. It's pretty easy, pretty simple on how you can share the love of Christ with people all around you. And the week leading up to Easter is what we call the week of love. We're going to be doing some acts of kindness some things that you can do here corporately. We're going to have you come here and we're going to be doing some things, uh, some things you can do at home uh, in your neighborhood. And so we'll give you more information that's coming up on that. Uh, we just want to be intentional about doing some things, you know, be in the church and loving people. And so that action plan is there for you to just kind of follow along with. You can, as the Holy Spirit leads you, you can deviate from that, you know, as, as the Lord just puts something on your heart. I encourage you to uh, to be an example and just lead that way. Get your whole family involved in this too. Don't just you do it yourself. Get your sons, get your daughters, get your get your cat, get your dog, and you know whatever, and and start to uh, just share the love of Christ. Amen. I don't know that cats can actually share love, but anyway, amen. <laughs> God's good. Amen. God is so good. I'm so excited about today. And uh, um, look in your bulletin. There's some notes you can follow along with me and. You know, we're on a series, been on a series since February about love, life, and finances, or life, love, and finances. And it's all about um, us getting things out of the way in order to really get into the life that Christ came for us to have and to live that life. You know, in John 10, 10, it says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. And, but he says, my purpose, Jesus says, is to give life to its full and, uh, and we want to have that. And I want all of us to be able to see that from now on and not to, to have things that get in front of us, you know, things of, um, in our finances, things in our, in our relationships, things in just overall of our life. And today, I want to talk to you about regret. Because life is too short to live in regret. And a lot of times what happens in our lives is that, you know, how many guys have ever made a mistake before in your life, you know? And then a lot of us, every one of us. And what happens is, is that this regret comes into us. I mean, we look back and we say, man, I wish I hadn't done that. And it becomes something that really holds us from the life of God and what God has for us, the purposes of God. And just really receiving the abundant life of God. You know, I have, uh, I have three kids. One's on the front row, Josiah's here. He's 10 years old. I have a five-year-old. <laughs> He's just like his mom. Anyway, um, <laughs> I have a five-year-old little girl um, who's just cute, cute as me. And I have a 19-year-old uh, teenager who can be mean and ornery and everything. And, um, you know, she's beautiful. She's wonderful. But she's off to college. And I look back. 
don't know about you if you've ever done this to you, about your kids, I, that you have this saying, I wish I would have spent more time with them. I wish I'd have done this. I wish I'd have done that as a father. You know, that's okay sometimes to think about that, but it has to produce good fruit in you. But what happens is, a lot of times those thoughts of, I wish I would have done this, or, I wish I would have done that, begin to bring condemnation, and it begins to hold you back. And it doesn't produce what God wants to produce in our lives. See, regret is this, that you feel sad or disappointed over something that has happened to you, that's been done to you, miss opportunity, or that's something that you just didn't do. You make the right decisions. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, 9-11, I'll read out of the Message Bible here. It says, it says, Now I'm glad, Paul's saying this, not that you were upset, but that you were jarred into turning things around. He was talking about a letter that he wrote to the Corinthians and that they took it in the right way. And he says, you let the distress bring you to God, not drive you from him. The result was all gain, no loss. Distress that drives us to God does that. It turns us around and it gets us back in the way of salvation. We never regret that kind of pain. All of us are going to have pain in our life. All of us look back and we have, have these distresses, these problems, these mistakes. And they should not drive us down and away from the Lord. They should drive us towards God and see change, good change. And God can use what was meant for harm into good. That doesn't mean God caused the harm, but he can, he can turn it around and make it into good. And that's the good thing. That's what, what Paul is talking about there. So we never regret that kind of pain. But those who let distress drive them away from God are full of regrets and ended up on a deathbed of regrets. And now, isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress has grown you closer to God? So these, a lot of times these distresses, these pains, these sorrows, these mistakes, these missed opportunities in our past can turn into this regret where it takes us away from the Lord. You know, regrets are caused by primary two, two sources, two situations. Circumstances that are outside of our control and consequences or mistakes or wrong decisions on our part. And a lot of us, we look back and, and, and we have, in the sense, we, we look back, we, we've done those things. We've had consequences, some things that have happened to us, whether it's in our control or outside of our control, that have hurt us, our harm does. Or we've had missed opportunities. I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have went there. I wish I would have uh, uh, went to this college or did this thing or whatever or, or spent more time with my kids. But a lot of times that, what that does is it brings this, this distress and this regret where it holds us back. Because it's not about what happens to you, but rather how you react to it that will affect you the most. You let the distress either bring you to God or you allowed it to bring regret, and you took you away from the Lord. And that's what happens a lot of times, is that we allow these things to take us away from the Lord, and we live this life of regret always, and it always comes back up, because the enemy knows what hurts you, what harms you, and you didn't get healing from that. He knows what caused you pain, and it still causes you pain today, because you wish, you wish, you wish, and you wish you didn't have that. 
But it always comes up in your mind and it always stops you and it brings condemnation and it brings this heaviness on you where you don't move forward. And that's not the life that Christ came to you because he came, he, he took your sorrows, he took your pains upon himself. And these three, there's three unhealthy things that we do with our regrets. And this is what we do with our regrets. Number one, we rationalize them. We say it's no big deal. Well, if it's no big deal, why do you keep on thinking about it? Because it is a big deal to you. And you may think about it here for a time and then not think about it for a while, but it comes back up again because we never really handled it correctly. So it's a big deal to you. That pain, that, that hurt, that, that missed opportunity, and, and it keeps on coming back. And the second thing that we do, unhealthy thing we do, we blame others for our regrets, don't we? Remember Adam, when, when, he, when he took ate of that fruit that Eve gave him and God confronted him? What did Adam do? It's that woman you gave me. He says, it's that woman whom you gave me, God. So not only was he blaming his wife, but he was blaming God. Men are stupid like that, right? Women? So we, that's what we do, though, don't we? We blame others, but we also blame God for that. That never helps, does it? And the third thing we do is that we beat ourselves up with our regret. We beat ourselves up over it. In 1 Kings 19.5, Elijah says this, God, I'm no good. Why don't you just kill me right now? I'm no better than my forefathers. Psalms 22, 7, David says this. He says, I'm not a real man, I'm a worm. And we beat ourselves up with, with that regret. And this is what happens when we don't deal and allow Christ to take that from us and heal us. When we don't deal with that regret, that regret starts to tell us who we are. I'm a bad parent. I was a bad husband. I'm not, a bad, I'm not a good follower of Christ. And that becomes our identity. It wants to change who we are. It wants to change our identity. And we need to be able to let that go so we can live this life. And see, that's what captures you and I. That's what stops us from growing and moving into what God has for us. God has so much better for you and I. You know, I look back, and I, I, I have a 19-year-old. She's not here. She's in Colorado Springs, and, you know, she's a lot like me. When I was 17, I left home. I went 1,500 miles away from home and never returned, except for at Christmas time when they gave me presents. And so my daughter probably is going to be a lot like me. And so I, 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 I look, look at this, and I'm thinking, man, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done this. And if I, if I allow that... It doesn't mean I don't, haven't struggled with that because I'm bringing it up. I definitely have. I wish I would have been a better parent to her, a dad. Because, you know, you, 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 a lot of you in here, you know you've, your kids are already moved out. It goes by really fast. And so I could allow that regret to stop me from my future. Because she still is my daughter. And I still have opportunity to be her dad. 
But what happens is it dictates who I am if I allow it. And it doesn't allow me to move forward in what God has for me. Because listen, everything is redeemable. You understand that? Everything can be new. Everything can be new. So what do we need to do with our regrets? Number one, admit your regrets. Take responsibility for them. Admit them. Yeah, I messed up. Yeah, I'm, I, I didn't listen to the Lord. Yeah, I, I, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I made the wrong decision. Admit them. Proverbs 8, 28, 13 says, He who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them finds mercy. Amen. Just go ahead and admit that. It's okay. There's actually a freedom in saying that I'm wrong. There's such a freedom to, to release that because you and I are not capable of holding wrong stuff in our life. We were not made to be imperfect. Did you know that? But we are. That's why Christ had to come because there's no other way out of our condemnation. There was no way out of that judgment unless Christ came and died for us. And so the only way we can get out of that is admit, yeah, I was wrong, and I'm going to give it to Christ. I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to admit that regret. I'm, I'm not going to conceal this, this wrong in my life any longer. I'm not going to blame somebody else. I'm not going to blame God. I'm going to confess it, and I'm going to receive mercy from the Lord. It's the only way you can receive mercy from the Lord is to really realize that, yeah, I can't hold this on no longer. I can't take control of my life. I can't take, take ownership of this any longer. I admit it, and I give it to Him. And I receive mercy. And then the second thing I, I need to do is I need to accept God's forgiveness and His redemption for my life. Psalms 32, 5 says, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. You forgave that guilt. So if I'm talking about my daughter, I'm going to confess it. I wasn't the best father. I could have been. I could have been better as a dad to her. Well, I'm going to admit that. that. Not only to, to God, I'm going to actually admit it to my daughter. And says, I could have spent more time with you. I could have treated you differently at times. I'm going to admit it to God. I'm going to receive mercy. And I'm going to receive forgiveness because there's freedom. And that means that that's not who I am. My past does not dictate to me that I am, I'm not a bad father. I'm a great father. And I have opportunity to even be a better dad today. Not because I'm, I have the ability. I don't have the ability. I've already proven that. But God does. And I'm going to receive His grace. That's His enablement. To be able to do what God's called me to do and be who God's called me to be. And I'm not going to let the hurt and the pain and the mistakes in my past become, become into regret where it dictates who I am. My identity is who he says I am. I'm not a worm. I'm not a bad dad. I'm who God says I am. And I'm going to receive that because I'm going to receive that forgiveness. And I'm going to forgive myself on it. The third thing, I'm going to forgive myself. You need to forgive yourself. Isaiah 43, 18 says, Forget what happened long ago. 
don't think about your past. And the only way I can do that is I'm going to forgive myself. So when these thoughts come back up on me, because I don't have the real ability of forgetting my past. You understand that. I can only allow the Lord to take that away. God has a f- ability. He doesn't, for- he doesn't remember your past. Isn't that good? He has the ability. I don't. Because I still have thoughts. I know my mistakes even far a long, long time ago. I'll, I'll sit, I remember sitting down with my mom and dad. My mom's going to be, well, she's going to be old. I better not tell her her age in public. So. But um, she, she has a birthday on April 1st. It's April Fool's Day. I think that's kind of funny. But anyway, um, I'll sit down with my mom. and I'll, My sister and I, I have a twin sister. She's not as pretty as I am. But um, her and I will sit down there. And we'll talk about all the bad things that we did. And, and my mom, I don't want to hear it. I don't, want, I don't want to know what you did. And, and that's so cool because I keep on telling her, and she did that, like that, and, uh, how we snuck out, how we did all these things. But the thing about it is, is that I don't have that ability to forget that, but I do have the ability to receive the forgiveness and forgive myself. And when I talk about it, it doesn't have any effect on me anymore. Because that's not who I am. And that was not my heart. This is what I believe. I believe most people in the world. That's not who they are when they mess up. And they make mistakes. They just don't know how to give control to God. And allow him to take it away. And take that desire away. So forget what happened long ago. Don't think about your past. Forgive yourself. That was verse 18. But look at verse 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the deserts and streams in the wasteland. Why do I need to forgive myself? Why do I need to forget what happened long ago and don't think about the past so I can participate in the new thing God wants to do in my life? I want to participate in that. I want to receive that. I want to have that in my life. Well, God, what new thing do you want to do in me? I want to get to that point. And this is like Paul was saying in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Chapter 7 what he was saying there at the end there in, in verse, verse uh, 10 or 11. It says, you are more alive. This is because you, you received this and you moved on beyond your regrets and you're drawing closer to God. You are more alive, more concerned, more sensitive, more reverent, more human, more passionate, more responsible. Look at it from any angle. You have come out of this with a purified heart. Because I forgave myself. Because I accepted God's forgiveness. I admitted what was going on. I'm more alive. That's where you need to be because you need to allow, get, get rid of those regrets and allow the mercy and the forgiveness of God to come into you and allow Him to do a new thing in your life, no matter what part it is in your life. You can be the dad that He's always called you to be. You can be the, 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 the mom that He's always called you to be, the husband, the wife, the friend, the, 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 the worshiper. Some of you aren't, aren't free in your worship because you've never done it before. And sometimes you even feel hypocritical about doing that because you've never done it before. 
Don't let your past determine who you are today. Don't let that regret. Because the fourth thing that we need to do with our regrets is be intentional about living for the future and not your past. Philippians 3, 13-14, Paul says this. He says, I am still not all I should be, but I am focusing all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I remember back in the 80s, I, I, went, I was in middle school in the, in the early 80s, mid-80s. I went to South Brunswick Middle School in, in uh, Winnebow, North Carolina. Actually, it was Southport is where there was. And um, I remember going to you know, middle schools. How many guys went to middle school, junior high? You had, how many guys had those dances that you went to? You guys went to dances? And we would go to the dance. I'd, I'd go to every one of them, but I would never dance. Just a bunch of us guys, we would never dance. We'd stand in a, in a line and just talk and hang out and make fun of whoever was on the dance floor. Mainly it was just girls, you know, dancing and, and some guy that we would make fun of and, or a couple of them. And so I would, I would come, my dad would pick me up and he's, and from, from the dance and uh, we'd drive home. He says, so who'd you dance with? I said, I didn't dance with anybody. He said, you went to a dance and never danced. He said, yeah, I didn't, I didn't dance with anybody. Did you have fun? Yeah, we had fun. I would just stand there and look stupid, stupid, just just standing at a dance, and I, I would go home, and I, I would regret not dancing because there was always this one girl I wanted to dance with. There was always something, but I, I, would, I would be too scared, number one, to get out there and ask her to dance. Number two, I'd be scared to, you know, people watch me dance because I probably couldn't dance that well. And, and number three, I didn't want my friends to make fun of me because that's what we did. And so every dance, next dance, we'd always do the same thing. But every single one of us, we wanted to dance, but we just never would go out there and dance. We were so petrified to step on that floor and dance. So I went every, every middle school dance without dancing. And that's terrible in middle school, but it's also, it's even more terrible in life. That I allow that stuff to stop me. From entering into the abundant life that God has for me. You know, most people just live their life just standing on the wall and never dancing. We never enter that dance. We never get out because of maybe the way we were in the past. My dad, um, first time I ever saw him cry was 1982. My uh, grandfather had passed away. I remember getting into his van, and we were driving into, we lived a little bit out from the city, and about 15 miles from the city. Driving in, he's going to drop his van off at his work, at his business, so it can be used. So my mom would pick him up, us up there, and then we'd go to the airport, and he'd fly out to Nebraska for my grandfather's funeral. On the way there, he was just, he started to cry. And uh, 
I just remember I could I could stand up in the in the van and I I just went over there and just started hugging him and and he told me this. He says, My my dad never told me I lo- he loved me. And I and I I remember that it's it was so important in my life, that part, because my dad had never told me he loved me at that point. And from then on, it was it was a struggle, but my dad struggled to say I love you, Sean. But he struggled through, and he did it, and he does it all the time now. A lot of times, because of what's happened in our past, we never step into something that we have. We may feel hypocritical. We may feel like, well, I never did it before. I'm never going to do this. Listen, don't just stand there when everyone else is dancing. Get out there. Start living the life that God has for you. Who He's called you to become. Who He's called you to be. Do that. It doesn't matter if you never did it before. You're not hypocritical. You're hypocritical by not doing it. Get out there and change. Listen, the fact that you're still walking on this earth means God hasn't given up on you and you shouldn't give up on yourself. Step out there and live the life of God. You know, the most critical people I've ever known, the most saddest people I've ever known, are the people who are standing against that wall while everyone else is dancing. They criticize the people who are dancing. God is saying to you right now, admit what you did wrong. Receive the forgiveness that He has for you. Forgive yourself and be intentional. Start to dance. Start to live the life that He has for you. Don't allow the circumstances of the past cause you to regret your life. Give it to Him. And allow God to do something greater in your life. You guys ready for that? Because I want God to bring healing right now. Okay? Some of you here are just so full regret that has stopped you from moving on to what God has for you. Well, let's put everything down. Put all the stuff down out of your lap and your Bible down, your notes down. And let's allow the Lord to do something in us right now. Okay? I've asked the worship team to come up and we're going to worship the Lord right now. I interrupt the worship today. We have one more song to sing. And um, I want Holy Spirit. I can't fix you, by the way. No one can fix us, you know. Only God can do it. Some of you have had this pain and this hurt that's in your past. I wish my life would have been better. I wish I would have done that differently. Listen, you can't change the past. No matter how hard you try. But God has a future for you. He has a present. He has a now. And he has a future for you to walk. It's your decision right now. What are you going to do with it? So as we sing this worship song, I want you to ask Holy Spirit, what, what do you need to change in me right now? What do you need to do in my life? 
What do I need to give you back? Just admit, well, I did that wrong, or I made that mistake, or I did that wrong decision. I wasn't who I was supposed to have been. So give that to the Lord right now during this time. Give it to Him. And receive forgiveness. Thank you, God. I thank you for forgiving me. For redeeming it. Making it new so I can walk into that new thing. I receive that forgiveness. I forgive myself. Let today be a new day for you. Well, you decide, I'm going to be that dad. I'm going to be that husband. I'm going to be that mom. I'm going to be that that wife. I'm going to be that friend. I'm going to be that worshiper. I'm going to be that man of God, that person of God. I'm going to step out in faith. I didn't do that before. I'm going to do it now. I'm going to, I'm going to start that business that he's always called me to start. I'm going to, I'm going to move into something new. I believe this is, a, this is a change moment for you. This is a moment that you'll remember. You give it to the Lord. So let's stand up. Let's just worship him and just allow Holy Spirit to bring you something right now. Go ahead, guys. Let's worship. God's so good, isn't he? So it's time for you to step out and dance. To step out into the life that God has for you. Your past is gone. Amen? Don't, don't bring those regrets back up. They're not yours. You've already given them away. Now it's time to be who God's called you to be. It's time to walk how God's called you to walk. It's kind of time to talk how God's ta- called you to talk. It's time to lead how God's called you to lead. Amen? And to receive His grace. Receive His mercy right now. His restoration can happen right now in your family. It can happen in your, in, your, uh, in your job. It can happen in your own just relationship with Him. It's time to step out and do that. Don't allow those regrets to continue to hold you back. Receive the life of God and start walking in it. And allow this new stream, this new thing that God wants to do in you to happen right now. Amen? You guys ready for that? Come on, give him praise right now. Is he good? Amen. Amen. You can be seated just for a moment. You know, I I believe that God has a lot for you. And uh, if everybody just close your eyes and bow your heads for a moment. And uh, I want to speak to those right now who are came into this church and you just really don't have a relationship with God. I don't want to take a lot of your time on this, but I just want you to know that God loves you. And as you were sitting there today, you knew there has to be more to this life and you need it. You want it. You desire it. You want more. And see, God just wants to come into your life right now. He wants to make something new. He wants to come into your life and become the Lord of your life, where He can lead and guide you and strengthen you and forgive you. He wants to bring forgiveness and love and, and the power to get out of the situations that you're in. So right now, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you want His love, you want His life, you want His forgiveness, you want, you want, to, you want to go on from this day forward and to know God. If that's you, I'm going to pray with you right where you're at, right there in your seat. This is what I'm going to ask for you to do because I want to pray with you right there. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now, I want you to lift your hands and say, that's me, that's me, Pastor Sean. I want to give 
Jesus my life today. If there's anybody in here, just raise your hand. Anybody says, that's me. I want to give my life to him. Okay, you can put your hands down. Anybody else? That's me. That's Pastor Sean. I want to do this. I don't want to live my life the way I've been living. I want more. And I want to see God. And I want to have a relationship with him. Jesus came. He died on the cross for you so you could have that. Anybody else right now says, that's me, Pastor Sean. I want to give my life to him. Okay, you put your hand down. This is what I want to do. I want to pray for you, those who raise their hand. But we're going to do this out loud. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to repeat right after I say it. Repeat after me. And I want you to mean it with all your heart. And and the thing that's what's going to happen right now is that Jesus is just going to come into your life. He's going to make everything new, and he's going to start you on a journey in your life to something greater. And so if everyone in this room can pray aloud with me, okay? Pray this prayer with me, everyone right now. Repeat after me. Say, Father God, I come to you and I give you my life. I give you everything. And I receive all that you have for me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. For sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. To take the punishment for my sin. So I give you my life and I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. From this day forward, I will serve you. I will love you and I give you everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord praise right now. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, for the very first time, listen, the Bible says you just confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He has come into your life. He's forgiven you. Your past is gone. God doesn't remember it. Remember, you probably do, and you can just give it to him. Every time that past comes up, says, no, that's not who I am anymore, and start moving on into the life that God has for you. He has a great life for you. Now, remember, this is a journey, but you're not on it alone. And if everyone would get out your bulletin right now, and on your bulletin, there's a thing we call our connection card. If you could fill that out, and I want everyone to fill that out, and if you're visiting with us, please fill that out, and you can uh, bring it to us. We have some information we want to give to you a little bit later. But if you can fill that out, those who gave their life to Christ, there's a box on there. I want you to check that. It says, I gave my life to Jesus today. Check that box, because I want to send you some information on what is the next steps for you, because God has an awesome plan your life. Amen? And we want to help you with that. You're not here alone. Amen? God's so good, isn't he? Come on, give him praise one more time. Let's welcome Pastor Tom as he ends our service today.